Mm. But the thing is this, I really believe that our generation now we've been taught that we really need to look a lot of our CV and stuff and that it makes sense to stay in a job you don't like for two, three years because it will look bad on your CV. I'm like, whoa. (laughs) No, (laughs) No. I mean, dude, if you're not happy, move, right? Like it's, it's to me, it's as simple as that. And it's true, like the first few years of my career were very lucky. Uh, Welcome to the Ambitious Tribe podcast with your chief encourager, Cassie Pajarillo. It's time to drive ambition and build a better business with a plan that's clear, transformative, progressive, and profitable. Now for your host, Cassie Pajarillo. person whom I am going to interview today on this episode is a very good friend of mine and I just can't explain on how brilliant this man is. We were we met actually during a mastermind session, a mastermind session in Indonesia a couple of um, well months ago before the COVID happened sometime in February 2020. And I tell you that during that mastermind program or that mastermind um, days that we were together in Indonesia, we were able to dig deeper into self-worth about our way forward in terms of our own businesses. And here's the thing, your experiences would really mean a lot when it comes to growth. And this person has really given me so much confidence and also so much structure in my business. Ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce you, Alessia. Perioni, which I would like to, you know, maybe I'll probably introduce him more as we go along into this interview instead of saying like who is, what is it that he do, right? So I leave it to you, Alessio. So Alessio, how are you today? Very good. Thank you for the amazing intro, Cassie. <laughs> of course, I barely said the intro. I wanted to have a little <laughs> on who you are. So maybe Alessio, tell me, tell us and, and our audience, who is Alessio anyway? Wow. <laughs> we start with the easy question, who is Alessio? Um, so I'm a marketer. That's right. the easy definition of what I do for a living. Uh, but I would say that I'm, I'm a person who's been traveling for the past 10 years around the world in order to figure out himself. I believe that that was a lot of the thing. And in my journey, I stumbled upon amazing people. Stumble upon my beautiful fiance, stumble upon fantastic people like you in things like the masterminds. Uh, I I was able in my journey to uh, live in uh, Italy, where I'm from, in uh, India, in UK, uh, in Malaysia, uh, working for some very cool company like from Apple to uh, Mind Valley, where I've been the CMO. And then uh, for the past year, I've been starting my own entrepreneurial journey where I've actually uh, created my own agency where I'm helping online education businesses to scale up from seven to eight figures. Uh, so it's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> right. You have grown so much, Alessio. And a lot of people nowadays are gearing towards entrepreneurship through this digital age. And you're right, right? When we were all together, we were all discussing about, you know, transitioning to offline, to online, that education online is going to be so different. And lo and behold, the pandemic happened, right? So what a way to reset on everything. And you were right about that. But before you went into this entire marketing gig, entire marketing, you know, arena, 
was this just something that you have always been passionate about? Not really. Uh, it's it's very funny. I actually, yeah, I study economics in oh. in university, right? Uh, but as always, when you study, you kind of you know <laughs> try. Yeah, I kind of like this. Let's figure it out. Um, but then, as soon as I left uh, uni, I was working for an NGO for two years, uh, and I was leading this NGO in Italy. So that, that was a great experience. Uh, but then after that, I went to work for one year in India, and then I was a journalist. Oh, wow. uh, yes, I was a journalist. Uh, was writing about startups, so still entrepreneurialish, you could say. But I was a journalist. I was still, I was just literally interviewing people and writing articles. And and after that, I got the occasion to join Apple. So that's when I moved to London. And in that, I was actually working in HR. I was a recruiter. Uh, so, and I arrived at the end of my Apple experience. I was like 25, 26. And like my curriculum didn't make any sense. Like you look at my curriculum, you're like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> And, and at that point, I say, you know what, I want to try marketing. Um, mm. But the thing is, is, I really believe that our generation now we've been taught that we really need to look a lot of our CV and stuff and that it makes sense to stay in a job, you know, like for two, three years because it will look bad on your CV. Yeah. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I mean, dude, if you're not happy, move, right? Like, it's, it's to me, it's as simple as that. And it's true, like the first few years of my career were very lucky, uh, but I was pretty lucky to to find what I actually liked. Uh, but the reality is that if I would have pushed with advice that a lot of people would have told me, <laughs> I probably would have still been stuck in a job in a big corporate company doing HR simply because uh, that's the that's position I found in Apple. Um, uh, so I'm really happy that they took the courage because it took a lot of courage. I, I went from having a very great job in the center of London with a very great salary uh, to move to the other side of the world to earn like one fifth of what I was earning and starting back completely. Uh, but it was worth it, obviously, because it allowed me to find my passion, which is probably the most important thing you can do. And uh, that's kind of the thing that I ask, that I always advise to everyone that also go out of uni is like, try things, figure out what you actually like. It's just when you found it, that go deep. But the first part is always about navigating this difficult world, figuring out what you actually like. <laughs> right. So, you know, wow, I didn't know that part of you. I mean, the mm -hmm. economics part kind of like makes sense, but <laughs> HR and then suddenly what? And journalism, what? Right. But it does make sense now that you are in marketing, right? But before we dive into where you are right now and to make sense out of all those um, experiences that you had, Alessio, you mm. spoke about courage, right? So mm. you came, you, you were in, um, in Europe, and then suddenly you just took the leap at a young age to go for Apple. And where did you get that courage? I mean, a lot of people, um, especially those who are in Asia, are scared to actually dive into different things out of their comfort zone. But with you, right, how did you decipher and have that empowered decision to go for that? Was it because it's Apple or was it because it's India? What, what were you thinking when you were younger? Well, it's very interesting because I must say this, I need to take a little step back. Uh, when I was, uh, I think, 19 or 20, uh, I literally didn't speak any English 
like I, I couldn't really communicate or anything like that because yeah I mean the Italian school system is not really that great in that sense um, so I, I was studying in uni and I was like I really need to speak English I need to learn and then I was like you know what uh, this summer I'm gonna go for two months in India and and up till that time I never left my home like my the home where I grew up for more than two weeks in my life like on a row like I was always I'm a mama's boy right I, I really love mama's food yeah. <laughs> and 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 you know and that was the first time I went for two months ab- abroad and it was the first time that I was with a new language uh it was crazy I was in India and I wasn't either in a big city in India I was in a small city in Baroda and I was volunteering in a school uh just uh pure out pure craziness uh but it was beautiful it really opened my eyes to to another side of the world to anything and i believe that having had such a very strong first experience mm-hmm. kind of make me also be like i mean i lived in india i i was having water for like one hour a day it's like i'm not scared to go to london <laughs> like what's that how can <laughs> yeah. kind of be scared of it? like yeah. i just like i think i've done the worst path um <laughs> So, so right. from that from that moment, uh, I was just like, okay, uh, I'm I'm ready to take whatever challenge come comes on, and uh, I'm happy to just explore and keeping the keeping taking the, the the best side of every of everything that will happen to me. Uh, so yeah, that's probably where the courage started because I always kept on saying myself, yeah, this isn't gonna be like that bad right <laughs> and and in the end it's like when you like the reality of what I discover like going around the world and stuff is that we always feel oh it's gonna be bad it's gonna be tough it's yeah. gonna be right yeah. uh but then when you actually pass the first part you're just gonna see how it's gonna be like so amazing and mm-hmm. uh, and it's really you know that there is when they say like the magic happened just right out, outside of your comfort zone and the good thing is that I had this experience that kind of pushed my comfort zone so much so that everything was just <laughs> magic. The rest of the story happened, right? <laughs> exactly. Okay, so I love that part of you when you said that. Um, I didn't know that. <laughs> so I was like, okay, this is a good interview piece, right? So, okay, so you went through India, you became a journalist, you became all those HR even, right? And what is it about Apple that made you apply for that i mean you were in india mm-hmm. i mean was it because you wanted to escape from india and that you were like okay there's an opening let's go and scoot or is it really more of a strategic you know um decision for you to move in it's like a no-brainer i felt something that i was like about 24 25 and i was just like i i want to work for a big company okay. i want to work for uh, a corporate i want to see how is that side of the world um and and then I had this friends of mine that was working already in Apple and uh, was just asking her some questions. She told me, oh, there is actually some opportunity. They were actually related to the Italian market. So they were actually looking for someone like also to speak Italian. So it's like, okay, that seems pretty, you know, I, I always had this feeling like I really don't believe in sending out CVs, right? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Every time I've been trying to apply for a job and sending out CVs, it just never worked. Uh, and uh, like, and you know, and I mean, I, I was working also for big companies, but just that every time that I was sending my CV, no one would just consider it. And <laughs> but then the moment in which I was like, 
you spot the opportunity and you're like that one i'm gonna get it right uh it yeah. happened with apple it happened then with my valley it was just like i knew it when i saw it this is the opportunity and and that's simply what happened it just seemed that all the stars were aligned and all the things were coming together and and on the other side i'm a big apple fan so i've always been loving apple the brand and, and, and it was a dream for me um so so yeah I, i was just like i go and the position was in hr and i was like okay i don't like hr uh and then you from the beginning i was like but you know what i'm just gonna have an experience and then through that then i'll figure out whether you actually like you know i'll find some other position inside uh yeah so it's very you adventurous just things work right you yeah. just made live dangerously yeah. <laughs> but okay so okay so you took that opportunity because of a referral and it was perfect because you speak italian right but you didn't know hr right so a lot of also people would say okay you know you went through uni it was economics i mean of course the traditional way of doing things is going for something that is aligned to university <laughs> right but this time around you went to being a journalist and then high and then suddenly you got up- upgraded or up- i don't know if you want to say that and i'll upgrade into suddenly at hr something that you don't even know what are the policies and all these things right how did you actually cope up with the difference between the lessons in economic economics to what <laughs> hr like totally different how did you uh, wing it? <laughs> it's i don't know i think i think it's um i'm a fast learner so that's definitely something that and and you know that is a classic thing in the interview when they say what's your Uh, what's your thing? It's like, oh, I'm a fast learner. And everyone's like, yeah, everyone is a fast learner when they say, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'm actually like, pretty fast in the sense that I, I really love to learn stuff. I really love to dive deep into things and and, and to get things. Um, what I would say is that the first three months has been, uh, you know, that path of learning, of going deep, of understanding exactly what I like and everything. And... Uh, and I actually love the first three months. I remember that I was just like, oh, wow, I'm learning, I'm getting better. I'm, uh, you know, especially I was recruiting, so I was interviewing people. And, and you get the ability of start understanding, this guy is good in that, this guy is not good in that, and this woman is amazing, this, this is not good, you know? And you, like, literally, like, we were making this game that we were just making an assessment of, you know, 30 minutes of a person. And then uh, imagining something in the first 30 seconds, it's like, would you get, would you get this, would you hire this person, yes or no? And then, and then the more your judgment in the first 30 seconds is the same of at the end of the interview, we're just like, okay, you really develop your gut feeling, you're really getting natural at this. Um, and I remember I was going pretty great, like after the first two, three months, I was already starting to get this feeling of just like, I can see someone, I can imagine in this job or not. Uh, but actually, you know that when you learn things, you can learn it in different way. And uh, yeah. one of the way that you usually learn certain things, like in marketing, in HR and things, is the kind of what's named the, the law of diminishing return. Mm. That you might learn a lot in the beginning, uh, but then after a while, it's just like, like- your progress is like 1% every week like there is still a progress but it's just like a small progress that happened very slowly while maybe you learned 80% of what you need to learn in the first three months uh so I started to get very bored (laughs) and and after three months I was like yeah yeah, I know this what's next uh that's kind of it I was like huh 
okay. <laughs> so, and this is where, how did you get into Mind Valley then? Like, what? Again, it's again, it's coming from the journalist, the yeah. HR, and then suddenly, what? That was such a leap, though, because yeah. you turned into a CMO of Mind Valley. It it, was it the CMO right away? No, 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 no. I, yeah. I started back from scratch. <laughs> okay. Tell us about this, right? Like, it's such a bold move because I'm sure from working from, I mean, from Apple, the price range also is different. The price pay is different. And then, I mean, and, and it's Malaysia, right? Yeah. From a European country to what? Asia. From so London, even. Yeah. yeah, right? <laughs> so, like, what? Right? So, tell us more about that. So let's say that the boredom that I was just speaking about became right. like super boredom after like one year of staying there. I was just like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I can't do another interview of a candidate. I, I'm just like, I just can't do it. Uh, just, you know, when you really understand this is just not aligned with me. I don't like it. That, that's not me. Um, so that's when I kind of started to uh, think about different things. And I remember that I, I knew my valley for the past already four or five years. I was very interested in the personal growth space, uh, but especially I I love the company, I love the culture. Uh, I knew a few people that were hired, not not very good friends, but people that I, I knew them. Uh, and so I started to ask some information to them and I started to figure out how the things went. And, but then that was the moment in which I said, you know what, I'm gonna do it. I remember one day I just came back very frustrated from work and I say, Tonight I'm gonna apply. I'm not gonna go to sleep till when I don't apply. Uh, and then I applied, uh, went through different interviews, and was like enough to to get the position. Uh, but yeah, but I started from the lowest of the lowest job I could get. Like it was just like uh, intro marketing on a satellite company of my valley. Like so, it's like project manage, basic project management. Um, so so that was interesting because. Uh, started back from scratch uh, but uh, when I started going through marketing and through the first experience I understood after three months that when when in Apple after three months I was just like okay I'm bored of this I want to move out in my valley I was like oh my god this is amazing it's like I just keep on learning these things <laughs> and and that's the truth because it's true like actually I learned like the 80-20 also in marketing the first three months but it's just that Right now, five or six years after the first three months, I'm still excited of what never, whatever comes up, and uh, it, it just you just feel it when it's something that is like, wait, this this is definitely my thing, and uh, so so that was beautiful. I guess and... it's because of it's a startup too. That in startups, right? There's yeah. just so many things True. happening, right? And yeah. um, as much as we love the system, process, and structure of yeah. doing things, right, in the startup arena, it's just like even if you say it's project management, you're doing things over and over, but yeah. every day is different. Yeah. yeah, and I believe that the cool thing of my valley, I, I always like to describe it as a playground. Right, yeah. you arrive there. It's a huge playground with uh, huge authors, huge things, and uh, and you you're given a lot of responsibility from day one. Like, the, you arrive there and say, okay, can you manage the launch for this? Go and do it. Uh, and it's just like, oh, okay, cool. Well, why not? Let's try. Um, <laughs> and and uh, it, it was super beautiful because I could learn so much. Uh, I could start experimenting, and then obviously. By taking also a lot of ownership, you get also a lot of ownership of the results. 
uh, which make the things like that's also something that I really love about marketing. It's very meritocratic. Yeah. HR is a bit more uh, talking. <laughs> Let's call it like that. Yeah, it's routine. Yeah, it's yeah. routine as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, marketing that is, is much more digital and it's much more number oriented, especially the, the kind of marketing I do. Uh, and so it's very clear. It's like, okay, I had the better results. I did this great. I did this great. Like it's so. So sometimes you don't even need to go there and say, oh, I'm cool. I did this. It's just that people say, wow, who did this? Right. <laughs> Because they just see the numbers. And uh, um, so that's exactly what started to happen to me. And just lucky enough to work on project after project that were just working very well. And obviously project after project, I was simply getting uh, more and more results, more and more responsibility. Uh, and that's been my journey like for three years has literally been going from little project to slightly bigger project to slightly bigger project. Yeah. And it felt it. like 30 years because it's it like 30. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, I feel that, you know, when you were telling us a story, it certainly made sense because you were in economics and in economics, you really dig deeper into data in <laughs> history, right? Looking into these fundamentals of factors. And then you travel to being a journalist, which is almost the same because, well, except for the writing, of course, right? But pretty much it's still factual, right? It's not based on feelings, right? Economics. And that way I see it also in your HR. With your HR, I feel like, I think when you were telling us the story, it was really more on getting to know in-depthly what what people want and what you need in the company that made it made sense into your marketing practice because in marketing i mean you and i were both in marketing but of course it's really more based on data on what is going on and in people right what is the behavior the psychology and when you said about you know going to you know starting from scratch having to do one project management after another learning by doing imperfect action you know in all the playground Now that you have your own um, agency, maybe let's dive into, I think a lot of people will ask this question. Why did you even have to leave Mind Valley if it was such a playground, if it's so beautiful, if the culture is, you know, it's It is. Right. It is a very good question in the sense that um, obviously then when I started Um, managing teams and then I started to become the, the head of marketing and uh, I think at the end I was managing about 50 people while I mm-hmm. were having about seven or eight teams under me so a lot of responsibility big budgets uh, big opportunities <laughs> and everything like that um, but the good things uh, was that I definitely started to feel that also I, I just wanted to start creating something on my own um, and specifically I felt that I wanted to do something on online education. Um, Well, the company was moving a bit more towards community, uh, which is still great. Just that I I, I just wanted to to focus a lot more on on online education. Um, And I really like this concept of growing, right? It's just like, I, I just can't imagine working for a company that is stable. Like, like, even if it's yeah. an online education and the concept is, oh, last year we, we did X and this year we're going to do X. I'm like, why? Like, like what's the growth that we need to have? So, um, so I really like also the phase of the company when the company are growing and where they are like kind of starting this scaling and these things. And I found out that also that this part that I actually like is uh, where the company are between like seven to eight figures when they kind of 
a, a very good proof of concept that cert- certain things are working in a good way, but then they need to pass from good to great, right? And that's exactly what I say. I want to go there. I want to add those commenting on that because that's a lot more what I did in a lot of parts of my valley. Uh, and then I was like, I want to do this and I want to do this also for people that I know that they have a fantastic mission, that they have a great message, that they can go out there and actually have an impact, which is something that online education uh, does. Uh, and, and that was exactly my thing. I kind of said, uh, I want to unite this talent I have with this uh, impact I want to have in the world. Uh, bringing the two things together and making sure that these allow us to achieve this goal. Yeah. So I love. Yeah, that's so great because you know you found a niche or you you found a problem that you want to solve over and over and over again. Yeah. Right. And that is amazing. Now a lot of people now are going into online education and and all that. Maybe this is, will be a great great conversation for us, knowing that this is your focal point. Right. So having to learn your past. Right. And, and now that you're an agency owner, I want to ask for few tidbits or nuggets that people should look into. Like a lot of people are doing courses, programs, selling all these and that and whatnot. Right. And the thing is, a lot of people, as much as they're now getting their six, seven, eight figure right business. Right. What are the key points that an online educator or a coach, consultant, trainer, whatever you may want to call them, right, needs to pay attention to in order for them to have stability and in order for them to grow their business? business um that is perhaps crisis proof hmm. yeah what I are the key it. points yeah well what i will say is this is first of all um and this goes without saying but there are a lot of people that just go on online education try to teach something they don't really know about yeah. like i mean this goes without saying like obviously the product is mm-hmm. the first um so make sure you know what you're saying make sure that you're good in what you're doing that's number one Uh, the second one is for sure community, um, but community in the sense of uh, create a, a following, let's say people that are around you uh, that are really passionate about your topic and things. Because let's speak frankly, if you will be able to have an email list of 10, 50, 30, 40, 50,000 people or that Instagram following or that YouTube following, it needs to be one of them. It doesn't need to be everything. Just when you are able to do something, give a lot of value and people that actually follow you and say, oh, you're actually smart, very good job for what you're doing. You already have the base of the business because once you have that, then the concept is just like, how do I monetize it? Um, but if you don't have any base of the business, that's exactly where you need to work. And this part could be a bit painful. It's what they usually call the zero to six, zero to seven figures, which is where you need to build your community, which is where you need to build a bit this part. And, uh, and, and that's something that obviously you need to become an expert in one platform and one way to do things, right? Like uh, me and you, Katie, we spoke a lot about LinkedIn. It's a platform that uh, we both like to go deep on that. A lot of other people now are doing that on Instagram. Others have been doing that very wonderfully on email. Others even go more niche, like they do medium, right? And then they go specific on a, a very, even a smaller platform. Uh, it's important for you to figure out exactly what's your platform, what's the platform that allow you to deliver your message. And once you have done that, uh, it's obviously about monetization. And this is where the funnel come on. This is where 
uh, the entire marketing and the things what I'm expert about come in. Uh, and that's exactly also why I always say that to me, like from zero to one million is more or less about creating that kind of community. And once you have that, it's a great proof of concept, then it's time to, okay, how do you actually create something that keep on monetizing, keep on giving and keep on creating like awesomeness. Uh, and that's, and that's, let's say, uh, where the marketing kicks in and what actually is all about understanding which different funnel is that webinar, is it a challenge, is it a summit, uh, do you do lead magnet, do you have a sales call? Like, and there are a lot of different models and, uh, and the beautiful things that probably I like a lot about marketing is that there is not right answer for everyone. Everyone needs to figure out also on that their own model, their own system, their own way, and, uh, and make sure that all of them works. Right. So, I mean, I, I remember this conversation uh, that we had about LinkedIn also before. Like you were saying that, okay, Cassie, how many engagement rate do you have? How many people does da, 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 all these data you're asking? And I was like telling you, um, no, it's really more of connection. It's about closing the sale. I don't care about how many people are liking my post. <laughs> like you, I saw that, you know, you have hundreds of people liking your post and all those things. And I was like, you know, that kind of makes sense because you need more eyeballs. And if you have more eyeballs, you have more people to talk to. But then again, for me, my, my I mean, again, it's all about marketing, right? There is yeah. no yeah. one straight line in marketing. There is yeah. no one um, prescription, right? On terms of monetizing, it's your own yeah. way and how to do things. But, you know, I, I love the conversation. We were having a friendly banter and I was like, okay, okay. And then I was so strong about, <laughs> no, it's not about that. And we're like, no, it's all about that. But after a while, after a while, it opened up my mind that, you know what? That was true because data, you need math. It's not just it's not just about how many people you spoke with, but how many people are you inspiring? How many people are you creating impact? And you're right, the community, right? But it gets tricky too. Um, you've been through um, Mind Valley, wherein community play a huge role, and now mm-hmm. that you're adopting that same model, right, in your own experiences into your agency. Now let's talk about community. A lot of people think community is just all about, and here we go again. It's just all about the numbers, <laughs> right? So, can you dissect it to us and tell us like, how do you actually create community? Why is community important? And then, is it just really more of like? I just have 10,000 followers. Is that just how it is? Because for me, I believe that even if I have 2,500 followers, but if they are buying, then I would definitely just nurture that. Love it. With you, you had something else in mind. So explain that to us. Oh, well, uh, again, there is no uh, right or wrong in this. I I think that what you need to to understand is exactly why are you in that platform for? That's the number one. Right, and uh, if you are on the platform for selling, then your number one thing that you need to see exactly how much do I sell, right? Um, for example, the the reason why I was on LinkedIn and stuff like that, I wanted to grow my brand. Like I never sold anything on LinkedIn, not because I didn't want to, just because I never want to, right? right? Yeah. Um, so, for example, I wanted to inspire more people, teach about marketing, position myself as an expert on marketing, get some speaking engagement. Uh, so that's a lot more what I was looking for. Um, so different objective require different strategy. It's just as simple as that. Uh, there are a lot of people on LinkedIn that just 
that never post anything and just leave on LinkedIn messaging and just message people and connect with people, sell a lot of people that pitch you on the first message. <laughs> like, oh my God, I just, I just, oh <laughs> I just can't. Uh, but, but, but the interesting thing to me is exactly that, uh, that sometimes work, right? Yeah. And it's surprisingly to me, but that sometimes work. And uh, if that's your objective, that, that's kind of your thing. So, but it's important to understand exactly uh, what the, to always start from why are you actually in this platform? Okay, so this is good. This is good. So the lesson here is again, choose your own platform. Where are your audience hanging out and set an objective for a campaign or yeah. for yeah, whatever the objective is, why you are in that platform. Yeah. Now, a lot of people now are going through there's Clubhouse, TikTok, Instagram, and so on and so forth, or who are all, you know, are, are, are overworked, basically. I mean, I have been seeing a lot of people like, oh my gosh, why are you handling five accounts and you're the only person there? You don't have to be, all, be there. But here's the thing. Um, I mean, that's just how it is, right? Some people just wanted to diversify, right? Their, their social media, but leaving them to exhaustion now having to know that there is certain objective um as an agency owner right how do you what is it that you do and how do you actually get to help um online what do you call that online educators mm-hmm. yeah yeah so I, i i just completely agree with what you say on all the different social media uh <laughs> and uh, i just want to give an advice to everyone alone it's like If you are joining a social media or posting because of FOMO, yeah. rather than because of uh, I want to contribute, I want to help, I want to... People will know. Like, it's as simple as that. People will know. Yeah. And, it, and it won't work. And then you will burn out in the future because you're doing, I'm doing all this work and nothing is working. The, uh, Instagram doesn't work. No, it's not that Instagram doesn't work or that LinkedIn doesn't work. It's just that what you're It's doing doesn't work, right? And uh, it's... Is your heart in it? Are you, are you actually also contributing to the conversation and asking something? So, so that's the first thing. Um, uh, regarding the answer on the uh, online educators. Um, so right now, let's say I'm, I'm still in a very, let's call it happy phase in which I'm having a lot of clients that come to me more <laughs> from <laughs> referral yeah. word of mouth and, uh, and kind of still handling, understanding how to handle uh, all of that. Uh, but obviously I'm, I'm getting more and more active and started working also on different social media because I know that one day I will need to have a pipeline, right? And uh, it's, it's not just about, uh, you can't just leave on word of mouth every single time. Uh, so uh, obviously at the moment, uh, what I'm doing is that I'm building um, much more on LinkedIn as well. Uh, and obviously the, the idea, like as an example, like when I was in Main Valley, I was posting on LinkedIn, I was posting also a lot about leadership. Uh, because I was a CMO, I was a leader uh, in a specific company that spoke about personal growth. So I was posting about personal growth, leadership, and marketing. Like right now, I'm posting so much more about marketing. Why? Because obviously my objective changed. And I can, I, I love to speak about leadership, I love to lead people. But what's very important is actually to also understand my objective is this one, I need to position myself in this way, therefore I will post much more about this topic. 
And that's a lot more what will happen. And maybe I know some of my audience that I build because they were following me because when I was speaking about leadership, they might be, oh, why does he speak just about marketing? But it's also about understanding exactly, okay, I'm changing slowly. I need to change the way we are in, in which I approach things. And sooner or later, maybe I will start doing uh, what you were saying that you were doing <laughs> when we actually talked, <laughs> that is about finding clients for LinkedIn. Because one day or another, I will definitely need to start doing that. Uh, and there, and that will be much more important to build relationship, understand exactly how I'm actually able to teach marketing to online educators so that when it arrives the moment that there is an opportunity for them to choose an agency, they'll choose me. Uh, and that's kind of the entire thing that I need to do. Kind of, I want to be the person that come in the mind of online educator when they think about marketing. That's the whole game. Right. No, I mean, I'm, now that you are serving, I mean, you have served a lot of big wigs, basically. Risa <laughs> Pierce, Vision, and all these big giants and speakers, right? Um, what is a common denominator? I'm sure there is a common denominator on why they should pick not just you, but really having marketing, right? And what is a common denominator of all educational, you know, I mean, all these trainers, speakers, authors, whatsoever. And this is the solution that you have. And what, where are you taking them? Mm. That's where a great question. Um, so I will say that's the common denominator that they all have is that first of all, they really know their things, like they're really good in, in, in specific things. And uh, as an example, like you cannot be a great online educator and not being good in front of camera or creating content. Like it's kind of impossible. Uh, so on those kind of skills, they are like world-class, right? And then some of them are great leaders. Some of them are great entrepreneur. Uh, some of them are great marketer, but some of them are not. Some of them just choose the right people to tell them create their marketing. And uh, actually I can say that none of them did that all by themselves. None of them. Like all of them had like, great teams, like, great people that had been helping them out on growing their brand and stuff. So I believe that there's definitely a common denominator. In a way or another, you need to be able to work with the team and uh, figure out a great way to, to make things happen in, in a scalable way. Um, and uh, what I do with them, I believe it's imagine like uh, imagine like a doctor. You go to a doctor for a visit, figure out that something is wrong with you, and then he try to fix it. Uh, I don't figure out what's wrong with you, but I figure out, oh my god, there is this gap here. Aren't you do? Aren't you doing anything about that? Because you know that if you do this, you could become ten times better. And that's a lot more what I do. I'm kind of a doctor that come in, look at exactly the business and be like, you're not doing this? Okay, let me do this for you. <laughs> sort of these things. And sometimes it's webinars, some other times is more content, some other times more social, some other times more ads. And I'm trying to figure out all these kind of opportunities, putting them together and then creating a project that I help them for month after month in order to achieve their goals. Uh, and, and this to me, it's very important because also a lot of time as an agency, as a marketer, you try to do everything, right? Mm -hmm. And, and when you try to do everything, it becomes so difficult because you need to be good at everything. And obviously it's, it's going to be very difficult to be good at everything. Uh, 
but it's so much better and there are also certain time in which i'm like look this is what i offer this is what i'm good at probably you will need someone there but it's not what i do so i'm sorry uh and it's fine sometimes i need to pass some big clients because of that but it's no problem as long as i know that i i'm good at certain thing and i can help people on certain thing and that's where i need to focus Yeah, so you would say that you are more of a strategy, you are a strategic guy, right? You are the strategy, right? Is that correct? I, I'm doing the strategy and obviously my team in my agency, they are the one also doing the operational part where we're actually giving also some great results, right? Because in the end, marketing is about that. It's not just about, oh, that's the idea. Like, <laughs> you obviously want to <laughs> uh, grow the company because if not, yeah. Yeah. I would say though that of course I'm sure you have served a lot of faces right of I mean of authors trainers and all these people I mean mm-hmm. they've been different faces in their lives or in their career from zero to maybe first five figure to five figure to seven figure to eight figure um, but what would you say is the differentiator between those who are five who are aiming or who are growing from five to six figure or or those who are from six to seven or seven to eight i'm i mean i know there's a huge difference in terms of scaling and also in terms of the growth that you want because here's the thing a lot of people also would say oh cassie like those who comes to me too they were like oh cassie i want to become a seven eight figure entrepreneur by tomorrow and then you check ah oh, you don't have a following so <laughs> um we can do that but right so i would say maybe can you differentiate it to our listeners as well like yeah. what it is the value ladder or the path yeah Let's go back to what we were saying before. So five figures is you have a product, right? If if you can't make me five figures, probably you're lacking a product, right? You probably, and, and there are even people that have a huge following, but simply they just don't have no products, right? And they don't know how to monetize anything, right? Uh, and, uh, and they just lack a product, that's a problem. Uh, so five figures, you have a product. On six figures, you have a product plus uh okay following let's say and seven figure a year uh this following is proven that is actually a, a strong let's call it a community let's it's it's at that level in which they follow you to that level that they trust you so much um i will say that seven figures and what i will say is this is that a lot of time when you do this you can do it also probably with a single platform right you can do seven figure just through linkedin right or something like that uh but then the difficulty and the difference between seven and eight figures stands much more in the thing that there it, it gets a bit more complicated in the sense of uh, maybe you cannot be just on linkedin if you want to make more than seven figures right and uh, and maybe you cannot do just one single product one single thing you need to have a bit more products right and you need to have something that is and obviously In order to manage these, you increase complexity, and that's where you need processes, systems, and things that are scalable and replicable, right? That's, that become very important at that part. A lot of businesses have been seeing that they've been arriving to $1 million and they literally don't know how they make it, right? <laughs> and in certain time, I'm like, wow, how you guys are making money? Um, uh, but obviously, if you want to graduate and go from seven to eight, that's a lot more where you need to go. 
replicable system operation, great marketing, great funnel, not anymore one single channel, but multiple channels. Um, and obviously then if you go from eight to nine figure, uh, then it's even more. Uh, and what they usually say is that definitely that you really enter into the multi-product, you really enter into the mastery, you even go much deeper into the subscription game, app game, like in those big things, like let's say. Uh, and that's obviously like the league of Mind Valley or uh, those big companies. Uh, but absolutely, that's uh, that's uh, what's changing. That's where things are going in this sense. I agree, though, that, you know, sometimes maybe there are people who would reach their seven, eight, nine figures of them alone. Maybe, you know, mm-hmm. maybe maybe it's just because they're that influential or they hit the right market or they hit i mean there are a lot of factors right but what i learned as well from you guys also is that it i mean once it as you grow and as you scale you will be needing also people to work with you but it doesn't mean it has to be a massive number of people sometimes you just really have to delegate in order for you to scale and then sometimes you have to scale down in order for you to, to grow and it's it can get a little pretty pretty tricky too and i wanted to dig on to again in terms of you because you're serving the seven eight nine figure entrepreneurs right so but what is a common denominator in terms of execution what makes a seven eight nine figure entrepreneur different from those who are in the five six maybe five six seven or those who are just about to scale or just starting to scale what is the difference in terms of I would say mindset of course it's 99% of the game Absolutely. what is the difference right from a solopreneur to what How, what's the difference well definitely delegation is a big part having other people doing a lot of other stuff uh, what's also another thing that's very different is uh, they become a lot more content creator um, in the sense that in order to maintain that kind of business or that kind of things, you definitely need to film a lot of content, right? Especially in the online education world of today. Uh, so it's a lot about uh, working in that sense, becoming a great talent. And in order to create that much content, you also need to delegate a lot of other part of your business. That's very important. And then I've still seen people that are more hands-on on their business, like obviously vision is super hands-on still. Uh, while other people are definitely uh, less hands-on. And this depends also on the passion of the entrepreneur, right? So vision love tech. So it it will always be developing an app because he just loves it. So it makes completely sense that he does it. Um, But obviously not everyone is like that. A lot of others just really love teaching, right? A lot of others really love doing different things. So uh, it's good to see that that uh, varies and changes a lot and uh, uh but definitely like the focus on content is something that's uh, mastery yeah it's, it's incredibly important is it true though that the more that you scale the more stuff that you had to, you have to do is that really how it works well the more you scale the more the company has to do things <laughs> for sure but not you right yeah uh well i mean i i've even seen some people that I work with that are growing and that are dedicating a lot, a huge part of their day to writing, right? And they literally don't want to work on anything on the day to their business. They just want to focus on their creative process, their writing, their thing, because from that it comes everything. Uh, 
So it's interesting and obviously everyone is different, uh, but absolutely doesn't mean that you have to do everything. Like, and that's something probably, you're right, it's a, it's a big misconception. I don't want to be successful because I don't want to do everything, but you shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Right. So I know that you as a as an entrepreneur yourself now, right, you have developed your, you know, this thick skin in terms of entrepreneurship. I'm sure you have also your series of challenges. Um, let's not get into that anymore. But maybe what I would like to ask you is this. And I would love to also, you know, I mean, maybe you can help other entrepreneurs too, right? What is Alessio's decision process? And uh, how do Alessio actually handle the challenges of Foster syndrome, maybe anxiety. I mean, entrepreneurship is crazy, dude. I mean, we've talked about this before, but mm-hmm. tell us how do you actually have that? How do you say that? How do you stand your ground and be this Alessio who's who can do things globally and just hit it? Well, I think that the number one is always looking at if the decision you are taking or what you are doing is according to your values or not. So that's the number one thing. And if if the answer is no, then I don't think that whatever you will do, whatever system or process you have in place, if that will ever work, right? Uh, so that's number one. After that, uh, I will say that I I really like also to involve a lot of my team in decisions. Um, and I like to be very transparent with them, showing exactly from the one the entire situation financially of the company how we're growing uh, uh, but also the challenges like oh if we lose this client this is gonna be bad um so so i believe that that bring more transparency and also allow different people in the company of feeling ownership and suggesting why don't we do this why don't we do that so I think it's about spreading also the responsibility in this sense and feeling a bit less, oh my God, everything depends on me. Um, but obviously you're right, like uh, anxiety uh, or, um, I don't know, sometimes, you know that this actually is interesting, you know that our body doesn't know the difference between anxiety and excitement. Okay, tell right? us about that. So w- when we are excited, I learned this from Eric Edamins, uh, and I uh, was saying that when you go on stage and you're ready to speak and something like that and you feel super anxious and like the body doesn't know the difference between anxiety and excitement it's just the mind that knows the difference like biologically speaking anxiety and excitement are the same thing it's just that the mind is thinking different about the same thing that happened like you might shake but you might shake of excitement or you might shake of uh, excitement so it's like it's it really really depends right it's really cool so so for example uh in this period i don't know if i have anxiety of entrepreneurship of excitement of entrepreneurship (laughs) and and so what's been happening for the past few weeks that's very funny i've been waking up once a week at 3 a.m and i cannot go back to sleep and a couple of times i knew that it was a bit of anxiety or maybe anger of certain things that happen in the business but the other time i just woke up that i have ideas for the business and i needed to go out and make it happen uh, <laughs> and and then, and then it made me think it's like am I having anxiety or excitement because it's like the body just wakes up at 3am it's just the same thing same reaction I just don't know exactly why uh, but I believe that that's part of the journey 
learning how to manage it in the best way possible and learning how to work in these ways it's very important so how do you do that i mean how do you manage right like, like for me i would do is i journal sometimes or i talk I do to you journal guys. a lot but i do journal you... a lot i do journal a lot i i definitely do a lot of checklists um, because I I definitely am very like for example one of the best things I've done lately uh, is looking at what I'm not good at and hiring people for that very clear. like I'm not good at processes I hire a person that created the processes she, first month she's working with me she revolutionized my business simply because a lot of time I really have the problem of that's in my mind I need to put it on on a process and it's very difficult for me to explain it um but i'm just getting on calls with her telling her oh that's how i do this and it's like oh no problem and then she come back with a perfect asana task and a documentation <laughs> of how to do this so that everyone else can do it and i'm like oh okay that that was easy uh but just my mind doesn't function in this way so recognize your limits uh, and be very frank to yourself, be very self-aware and be like, I'm not good at this. It's better that I hire someone that is very talented at this and do that. That's and, that's yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. that's exactly what we were saying before, right? That's how you build those scaling business when you understand I cannot do everything. I'm not good at everything and probably I will never be. I need to have people that are good at things that I'm not good at so that I can shine in what I'm great. Exactly. And this is more of like investing in yourself too, right? And investing in yourself doesn't necessarily mean just yourself, but more on investing on other people and trusting that they are going to help you also scale the business as if it is theirs. Absolutely. Right. Right. So I love those, everything that you have said about this journey of yours on, you know, I mean, trying to be self-aware and when you wake up and then suddenly you're like, what the hell is this? Right. Recognizing the excitement and the fear. And it's, it's good to know, too, that as someone like Alessio who have worked with Mind Valley and it's global and massive that it is that you have brought numbers for Mind Valley. Right. That you still, you know, you're still human. Right. That in your own endeavor. Right. That dude it's there's no one way ticket to becoming the next mind valley right or the 100%. next big thing right that you have to journey through okay so i mean a lot of okay so that's this is thing and i just wanted to, to to ask you to um if there is some it's if there are a few words that you would want to share right now to those who are aspiring to become marketers or aspiring to become a big author or content creator or the next recipe or vision whatever <laughs> what would be from i mean words of wisdom that you would want to share or be become the next alessio right or open whatever <laughs> um what i would say is this is fall in love with the process like you need to understand that whatever you're gonna do is not gonna happen in one month. It's gonna take years. Um, and if you are actually falling in love with that, like I wasn't falling in love with HR, as we were saying before, I fall in love with marketing, right? But with the process of marketing, with the process of Facebook change the algorithm and we need to figure out something new. With the process of, oh, there is this idea, but we need to transform it into product, right? Like you need to fall in love with those kind of problems and understand oh my god I, if i love this if i love going from idea to product i can be a marketer in 50 years from now no matter if facebook is gonna be here or not and that's exactly the thing once you find that thing and then you go super deep in that that's where the magic happens to me absolutely 
absolutely. Now, thank you so much, Alessio, for your time. All right. So those of you who are listening, I hope that you learned a lot from this conversation. I certainly um, did. And uh, thank you, guys. And until next time. Bye. Bye-bye. You just finished listening to another episode of the Ambitious Tribe podcast by Cassie Pajarillo. If you liked today's episode, make sure to leave Cassie a review on iTunes and share this podcast with your friends on social media. It's also available on Spotify and Google Podcast. Don't forget to tag Cassie Pajarillo on Instagram or message her straight on LinkedIn. You may also head over to the Ambitious Tribe with a Plan Facebook group and be encouraged by soul-aligned and ambitious humans on the planet. Remember, you can definitely build a better business. The intro and outro for the Ambitious Tribe podcast were recorded by Dave Soltura. If you would like a voiceover for your own business, visit www.davesoltura.com.